Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. The driver's seat. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Excellent job. Great to have your company here on the driver's seat. It is race week and we're all pumped. My name is Nims Azor, joined as always by Matthew McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Boys, how are we going? And Stevie J, welcome back to being back in the studio. Because, like, Maverick had goose. And when you're not in the studio, <laughs> I feel like I don't have my goose. <laughs> well, well Matty, I can tell you right now. <laughs> Could be worse. Uh, after seeing after seeing what Steve was up to in Adelaide with his Bay Marie in front of him, yes. uh, I, I think he's missing being in a different studio. But look, we're not here to talk about Stephen Johnson's eating habits because we'll be here for a while. <laughs> but uh, straight off the bat, I love it. <laughs> it is time to get straight to our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. We're headed to Winton, that part of the uh, that part of Victoria, and. Uh, well, we, we got to talk to royalty from that region, but before we do, let's give them, our guest, their proper intro. Nick Perkat grabs gears. He looks in the mirror. And what great success for Perkat at Sydney Motorsport Park. He wins our second race this weekend for the VP Ultimate Sydney Super Sprint. Perkat to the top with a 12 2. Well done, Nick Perkat and everybody at Brad Jones Racing. And Perkat's on it again. A 12 1 7. Oh, there's no more fun than when Mark Scaife gets on the limiter, isn't there, boys? But um, please welcome our guest this evening, the one and only Brad Jones. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, mate. Winton, like welcome. A bit of fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, wheeled, we wheeled in the studio audience as we do for all of our important guests. Um, mate, Winton, <laughs> Winton, got to be good to be going there because that's kind of like your home track, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is funnily enough. Um, it, it, this time of year, though, it's pretty cold. This, but um, it's. I, I watched the 2019 race last night, actually, and uh, if I had a dollar for every time I've been to Winton, um, I um, I'd probably be in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> it's warmer. <laughs> Hey, mate, so give us a bit of a, a snapshot of how you guys went testing. Um, confident going into the weekend? I know you cars have always been fast at Winton. So, uh, obviously, you know, you're 
you're on top of things there generally. But um, from what you guys did at Tail and Ben, you obviously struggled in qualifying initially. But, geez, what a super recovery that was for Nick in the first race. Yeah, I, look, Tail and Ben was just, you know, a mistake with tyre pressures, really. And, and um, it's just embarrassing. I mean, to have a, our car's last four cars, I don't think I've ever experienced that. And um, I can... I can remember uh, Chad came in the garage and goes, oh, it's a tough job, mate, but I've got to speak to someone. And I said, dude, I don't know who you're going to speak to, but I'll absolutely guarantee you that it's not me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but from that, obviously, uh, you know, watching, I think, apparently I sent Macker out on slicks and said to him, just, just don't do anything silly. I just want to know how wet it is. And so when, when I met him at the grid, he said, um, just a little bit too wet for slicks, I reckon. And I said, yeah, but that's okay. As long as you don't drop any more than three or four seconds off the back, <laughs> you know, by the time you get to lap five, uh, everyone will stop except you. And, um, and you know, so we end up sending three of our cars. So, you mm. know, I can I walked past Phil Keith. He'd sent pie around on slicks. And I said to him, are oh, you going to start on slicks, Phil? And he goes, ah. I don't think so. We're sort of in the middle of the pack. And I said, oh, okay. okay. So and anyway, the next day, obviously, you know, we had a good run. And I walked out and I said, didn't start on sleeks. I said, that's a bummer. I said, I was looking at you thinking you still got a bit of BJR in you somewhere. But obviously, <laughs> just dropped out at the last minute. So <laughs> it was, um, but it was, you know, that, that was great. Last year, sorry, 2019, we also struggled a bit for qualifying at Winton. But our cars at the moment, uh, got a really good turn of speed and are really, really gentle on their tyres, which probably explains why they're not qualifying that great. Yeah. Um, so so we can usually run long. So this being the super, super soft tyre, it will be interesting to see how that goes. I hope that helps us a little bit because you know, when you look at the data, the tyre doesn't look like it will get to half race distance before it ends up falling off going into stage two, you know, based on what the testing they did it um, with the Triple A car. So it's going to be a really, really interesting weekend. And, I mean, I think if we look at the results over the last couple of years within your team, you've got a pretty young team, fair to say, with Jack Smith and Macca's just coming in and Todd's just coming in. Um, Nick Perkat has been your lead driver there for a little while. KG How veteran, he... Nick Perkat. The veteran, veteran the yes. KG Wiley veteran <laughs> that is Nick Perkat. How's he growing into his role as a team leader within BJR? Um, I think he's doing a really great job. You know, we have a, a pretty good connection with Nick and it was a conscious decision to, to you know, make him the, the team leader and get some young guys around him. And yeah. um, I think he's really stood up. You know, he's, he's matured, um, he's balanced. You know, I think he's doing a, a great job for us in the car. And, um, you know, he's when he turns it on, he's really quick and, and um, fits perfectly. With, with our philosophy and and um, with our group. So um, doing a really good job is our Nick. And he's he's got passion, hasn't he? Because when it's not going right, when there seems to be a, a disconnect between either him and his engineer, he blows up royal, doesn't he? Like he shows <laughs> I don't know. Emotion. I don't think he blows up as much as he used to. But, no, he well, doesn't when he was, blow up as much as he used to. Yeah, is that is that is that influence from you, Brad? Saying pull your head in, mate. <laughs> uh, I'd love to take I'd love to take the credit for that. Um, oh, look, it's just it's a whole heap of things, and, and him working. Like, no one likes to hear what their faults are. Pretty difficult to sit 
And so when all this started, Nick joined the team, I'd sit him down and go, these are problem areas for you, Nick. And, and to his credit, he would take them on board, go away, work on it. And he continually works to make himself better at his craft. And it doesn't matter whether it's out of the car or in the car, whatever it needs, he's willing to look at and, and accept some criticism, which is a bit unusual for race car drivers, if I'm honest. So, um, <laughs> yeah. look, it, it's most, most of it comes down to him. He's the one who listens and, and doesn't always agree, but is, is willing to, to go away. He's still got a you know, flashpoint, which has moved um, uh, up the Richter a little bit. And, um, you know, he and Andrew Edwards have got a great relationship. They work pretty hard. They're both very similar in lots of ways. And, um, um, you know, it, what most people don't understand is when you're driving a race car, Steve will be able to tell you, your filter doesn't always work. So it's so difficult to do. But usually when someone talks to you and says something that you don't agree with, you can give them a nice, comfortable response. But when you're absolutely something to the very maximum, your filter doesn't always work. And it's different for different people. So, I think, you know, some people blow up and can't control themselves. And, and um, so they have to work on it really hard. And, and um, you know, like I said, to Nick's credit, he's mad. And I'm very happy with how he's yeah. come out the other side of it. Well, you know how you said that, I can relate to that, Brad. You, you do know <laughs> You're an idiot. Matthew McKellen <laughs> races cars too, right? You are a goose. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> but not a supercar, well, just a Trans Am car. But you, should have seen, you should have seen Matthew McKellen's <laughs> flashpoint when he stuck his Trans Am in at turn two where his big hoof got caught on the throttle and brake at the same time, only at the start of the year. There was a big flashpoint there, let me tell you. <laughs> Was it press press of the radio button? It's like, oh dear me, exactly what I did, and I radioed very calmly to my team to say that I took it all on the chin that I had made the mistake. I didn't blame it on anyone else. Didn't do any of that sort of stuff. Hey, unlike most race car drivers, true, Steve Johnson, uh, <laughs> Brad, like who... when your car runs out of petrol. <laughs> exactly, exactly, it's exactly what it was. Who? Not, and we're, we're only talking about this sort of stuff because it's fun and don't don't name necessarily any particular instances even though I reckon I know of one because I think you've told me confidentially what it was who's been the most fiery driver that's in your team who's really come in one day and just gone way too far or blown up so hard that you just had to put the arm around the shoulder and say don't do that again kid well he's been a few actually <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nick would be one, and Fabian <laughs> would be another one. Ding, 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 um, ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. That's what I remember. That uh, was the second Murph, one. Murph, Murph, would be, Murph would be another one. Murph's up I've there. I've had a few. Mind you, I'm as guilty as anyone else. Like, I've come up and straightened them all up like Dad's army and, you know, <laughs> read them the right act. So, I, I, so I, I do remember you having a few blow-ups in your day, Bradley, when I was racing against you. Yeah, the odd one or two. But I was yeah. pretty calm, though. I can remember being at Bathurst and and uh, I was driving with Gardner. We weren't really talking too much and they decided to set the roll centre a little higher than I wanted for the race and it was burning rear tyres off the car. And so as soon as the thing started going slow, I blew up and it was the one time Tom Walkinshaw actually got an aeroplane and came to Australia. And so... Um, I, they said to me, you know, Eddie Hinckley, who's 
Pommy engineer said, go and get your gear on, you can get in the car. And I'm like, it's all right for you, blokes. You don't have to sit in that thing for 161 laps. And I stormed <laughs> off, got my helmet on, came back, and I said, okay, what are you going to do? Thinking they would go to a hard tyre. And, and they were looking at their feet. And then um, the tyre guy, who I think was Mort at the time, said, we're going to, we're going to, um, what do you say they're going to do? They're going to let the rear tyre pressure down to PSI. And I just stood there and stared at him and I went, which, fill in the colourful adjective, <laughs> thought that'd be a good idea. And Walkinshaw <laughs> went, hi, laddie, that'd be me. Oh. And I looked straight at him and went, good call, Tom. <laughs> and then when they finished, I said, but it's not going to work. We need to go to the medium tyre. I've done a pile of testing on these tyres. And he goes, worked at Lamar. I said, a lot more downforce in a Jaguar than there is in a Comet. <laughs> anyway, yeah, exactly. needless to say, it wasn't any better. And um, <laughs> we went to medium tire at the next stop. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Hey, Brad, we we get text messages from our listeners around Australia listening to the show. And one has come in from Malcolm. A Malcolm, Malcolm O. Malcolm, <laughs> I wonder who that is. And it, and it reads... When you're over at Roland's for dinner, relaxing in his spa, does the topic of paddle shift for Gen 3 come up? And what's your view on that? The Gen uh, 3, not Roland in Speedos. Geez. You know what? I won't be able to sleep all night now thinking about that. <laughs> Roland in Speedos. That's a really interesting thought right there. Um, I'm not sure how many people have been in that spa. But anyway... Um, the, um, I don't like paddle shift. I, I think that there's a time and a place for it, which is yeah. in GT racing. You know, maybe we need electronic shift, but we need a stick. I think the theatre of the game with a stick shift and the anti-roll bars and the yeah. brake bias adjuster, they mm-hmm. should all be where they currently are. <clears throat> having having buttons on the dash um, doesn't do anything for me. And if you're going to do all that stuff, why would you bother having an in-car camera? Yeah. Well, so I'm no, against I- it. Well, yeah, Brad, I'm ag- I agree totally, and and I think, you know, for, from your point of view, Brad, and you know, I only hear a little bit. I mean, you know, Dad only gets told a little bit of stuff every now and then, <laughs> so he doesn't really know what's going on. But um, is is supercars? My dad was the same, Stevie. Yeah, thanks. You know, yeah, well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, like supercars, and you you read everything, and I'm I'm the same, Brad. I think you know the stick is just so synonymous to what we got here in Australia. Um, and I think we still need it. But, you know, I think the, the poll's been out. It's like 85%, you know, yeah, no. no, you know, 15. And it's not even 15, yes. It's like five or eight maybe and, you know, whatever it is, the rest is yes. Basically every driver, Nick's, Nick's actually been one of them, really outspoken Very about vocal. it. Very yeah. um, vocal, Will Do supercars listen to all this sort of stuff? Uh, Brad, and will they take that into consideration or is it just they're going to make the decision wholly and solely and that's it? Um, Roland's position. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, I, I think I think they do listen. Um, you know, they, they, they're always nervous about it, but they have a fan council. The fan council, I don't think one person thought wow. it was a good idea. So, so um, you know, but we have a, a Gen 3 committee um, and yep. we talk about it a bit. So, I, I think... I hope they listen, and and certainly from my side of this, I really feel like, um, you know, I'm I feel like I'm fighting pretty hard for it. If, if Shane's the only guy that adjusts those rear roll bars and the brake bias adjuster between corners like he does in Tasmania, 
And he's the only guy I get to see do that in a race, which I know isn't true, but let's just pretend it is. Then that's enough for me to say, hey, we need to keep those things in the car because it really adds to the game. It's a spectacle. And so, um, you know, look, I'm a little out on the electronic shift because I get that it's going to be easier on components. But if you would, if you can't double shift down like Timmy Slade did at Bathurst and other people have done in other years, then you're not going to make mistakes. And part of what we do is making mistakes. Agreed. So, so you know, I, I sort of lean pretty heavily that way. But you know, uh, not everyone does, and and it's all for different reasons. But our cars are meant to be hard to drive. You know, it's mm. like pulling horsepower out of them. I'm not a big fan of doing that either. You know, when you can buy a road car with 500 horsepower, like our things, if you go to the States and watch NASCAR and Xfinity, the NASCAR's just got more horsepower and it's harder to drive. But that's what we have. And that's what they should be. They should be hard to drive. They're, the, you know, arguably the 20 best touring car drivers in the world, definitely the best touring car championship. And, and that's all about how difficult and, and competitive we all are amongst each other and how difficult they are to drive, I think. So, Brad, I know you probably uh, there's limits on what you can and can't say about Gen Three, but you know there's a decision you're going to have to be making at some point in time to actually start building these cars and you know getting them ready for Round One 2022. What's the sort of status at BJR right now? Can you can you mention like uh, whether the process has started for Gen Three? Has any information come down to you, or are you just you know what we'll deal with that a little bit later on? Um, if we were playing a game of footy, we'd probably be half full on the fence. So <laughs> I think that um, we've got a bit of information, but it's, it's, it's going to be a pretty tight timeline. So we've ordered our chassis from CEPI, and, and normally we build all that, but we've decided to actually go and, um, and, and buy a couple of chassis to speed the process up a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty exciting. The cars look really cool. You've seen them. Um, in, yeah, the, in yeah. the renders that they've done. So, look, that, that side of it's really exciting, but we need to make sure that it can all happen on time and, and there's a lot of work to be done. There's no doubt about that. So, oh, sorry, Steve, did I interrupt you? No, no. No, sorry, mate. I, so let's, let's forget about all of that right now. There's two things that are very heavy on everyone's mind at the moment in Victoria, and that is COVID and and what supercars is going to look like this weekend what's what's the latest update as as far as you know right now uh well i mean i'm actually just sitting here watching the the um sky news um and looking at the tab running across the bottom to try and work out what's going on but i mean it's going to be up to the state government um i feel like um, I'd be steering clear of Greater Melbourne. I think that they'll, I hope, or how roll is, there'll be a few more restrictions. Regional Victoria will be fine. Um, they'll probably, um, you know, have to wear masks in, in, um, on the grid. Um, I don't know what they'll do with behind the pits, but right now it looks like it's going to go ahead. And I think that's, you know, that's good. I don't think it's irresponsible. Some people talking about, you know, wh- where we sit, but... The truth is motorsport happens in a paddock. And so if you respect all the things you're meant to do, then then I think, you know, we should be okay. There's 6 million people in Victoria. 
Yeah, I right, look. I agree. And we're when we're we're putting people in football ovals and all of that kind of stuff. I think we can we can do it out in the paddock. Um, just before we go, we let you go because I know you've got a very heavy week ahead of you. Uh, Tom from Hobart, one of our regular listens listeners, he's just texted in and said, "So if drivers, team owners, and fans don't like paddle shift, why do it?" Um, Brad, well, why do of- it? We're heading back towards the guy with the hot tub, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they may be fighting words right there. Well, I haven't um, said that. No, when you when you, you think you, about you, that, it's sorry about it. I was gonna, as, as you're thinking about that, there's, there's obviously there's obviously some advantage for his side of things, in in my view, well, for him to ha- for him to really push so hard for it. Yeah, I mean, look, he he feels that it's important that Europeans can come here and drive these cars. And so, so and I get that 100%, because back in the day, um, you, you know, Europeans used to come when we had Sierras and stuff here. They came here and they used to race against us, and, and that was part of us proving that we were as good as anyone in the world. They'd all turn up with their cars, and we'd give them a good run for their money, and more times than not beat them. So, so he comes from... Uh, Roland comes from over there, and so for him... It's it's um, you know it's something that he feels is makes the great race great. So I totally get it, and and not only that, it gives the ability for the um, uh, the car to to not suffer from over revs. It's going to save the team's money. There's some really valid reasons why we would do it, but there's also some some you know pretty solid reasons why we wouldn't. So um, it's just a matter of either working out a compromise or going totally one way. You know, we, we can run a stick shift with an electronic shift button on it. That's no problem at all. And we still see all the things we see. The only the only downside of that is you won't miss shift. But, yeah. um, you know, he, 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 it's not like it's just I want for a particular reason. There's 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 good reasons behind both sides. But, but honestly, I feel if you come to Australia and you want to drive one of our cars, you need to learn how to use a, a gear stick. Yeah, Mate, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think when you look back, Brad, what you were saying before, that the the past internationals that have come out, you know, you've had plenty in your team. John Clellan comes to someone with, with uh, one mm-hmm. there back with your cars and the Aussie Mail livery. I mean, you know, but having said that, they were H-Pat and stick shift back then. So, and they still yeah. came out and were able to do it. I think, you know, in the end, if you're a professional race driver and you're that good, you should be able to come out Agree. and pull a sequential shift, which is still nothing, yep. not even anywhere near or remotely as hard as doing it back when, you know, I'm talking about now, it's back in my day, mm. with the H-pattern. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. It's, it's, you don't even have to think about it at the moment, Brad. Totally yeah. Yeah. If you can't, if no, you no, can't do it, like, you shouldn't totally be in our cars. Yeah. Like, they got shift cuts on. Yes, you can over-rev them on the downshift and accidentally pluck two gears down quickly like Timmy Slade did. But Good. That's the way it is. But, you know, when we were had the H pattern, you could you could go from, you know, fourth to fifth and hit third accidentally and over rev it and then get passed by five cars as well. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I just, I yeah. can't see it. I, I understand the cost and all that sort of stuff, mate. Um, but, you know, I'm on your side with that. I think it should be a stick and you should make mistakes and they should cost you positions in a race. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's, that's one of the things that makes Bathurst Bathurst, right? You go up there and you can be brave, but you need to be skilled because if you make a mistake, you're going to hit a wall. Where 
can go to another circuit like Queensland Aceway and you can make all the mistakes in the world and you just go through a gravel trap. And, and so you become very respectful of that circuit, but it really sorts men out from the boys. And, and it's just part of racing, right? So you need all these things going on in the car. I mean, there's more to drive one of these cars fast than just a stick shift. They're just hard cars to drive fast. And everyone who competes regularly in supercars is very, very good. Well, you should come, Brad, you should come and drive the XD and TCM, mate. Four-speed, H-pattern, you'd be super in that thing. Yeah, I'd be super. <laughs> super. Great vote of confidence there. I had, a, I, I, I had a bloke come up to me. I tell him, Ben, he goes, uh, Jonesy, when are you going to have a drive? I said, in a minute. We're heading off to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> When are you going to race again? I went, I don't know, never. Dude, have a look at me. I'm old and fat. I've got no chance. You should have seen me 25 years ago. I was on fire, but no chance now, mate. Stevie J and I are nice. old and fat, and we're still racing. Yeah, and the funny thing was, with that, yeah, good on you. And the funny thing was, too, just recently, obviously, you saw that, that obviously, that uh, Fast Deli um, uh, story come out about Russell Ingle saying, oh, yep. but, you know, he's only obviously promoting his his – Cause. Bosses, mm-hmm. cause, you know, mm-hmm. um, saying, oh, you know, if, if if they go to paddle shift, I might look at coming out of retirement, making a comeback. And then it was actually quite funny. That, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've actually seen that, Brad, and read the comments. If you read down about five comments, you'll see one Dick Johnson's written, yeah, mate, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about at work. I went, he's obviously forgotten that. He didn't have a choice when he left, and it had nothing to do with the gear stick. <laughs> <laughs> Jones with a drive-by. How good. <laughs> my my God. What has that got to do with him coming back? I mean, whether it's got a stick shift or a paddle shift, probably the least of his problems. Honestly, he'll get out of that thing at the end of the first practice session and get passed by some kid. And go like who who was that kid? And man, he's fast. I remember when Brock did it. He yeah. got out of the car. He was white as a ghost. He could not believe how fast everyone was. I went up to him because obviously we used to all knock around together, me and him and Crompton. I went to him, hey, how's it going, Brock? You look like you're enjoying yourself out there, man. He's just not seen the funny side of it all. And, and it'll be be the same same for Russell. He'll be going, oh my god, what was I thinking? He'll, he'll get out of the car the same colour that, that his car is. He'll be bright red, <laughs> out of breath, oh, yeah. and he'll be going, yeah. what have I decided to do this for? Invoice, money. Yeah. Yes, what exactly. else does? Why else yeah. does Russell do anything? It'll be money, and then he can put all the stickers all over his helmet and get a you know cheap kitchen. A new and Pioneer a boat, TV. Yeah, yeah, a boat or a Pioneer TV. I think TV the last whatever. thing he's going to have to worry about is whether the Gen 3 cars battleships or not. It's going to be much on the radar at all. I tell you, it's definitely not what he'll be thinking about when he gets out of it at the end of the month. <laughs> Right. <laughs> We're going to play this back after the Bathurst 1000. Yeah. So remember what Jonesy said? Here, here you go. There you yeah, go. Have a look at that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> hey, Brad, while, while we're talking about Bathurst, uh, let, let's um, steer it back on track for a little bit because looking at the old driver lineup heading into Bathurst, there's some pretty solid names there yes. teaming up with uh, you, with your, your primary drivers. Dale Wood uh, teaming up with Nick Perkett, Dean Fiore teaming up with uh, Todd Hazelwood, Chris Pither, a uh, good friend of the show, teaming up with Macca, and uh, Ash Walsh returning to the fold to team up with Jack Smith. Uh, when you were sort of pairing everyone up, um, what were, were you sort of thinking like, you know, 
let's develop these young guys, or were you actually thinking, because like some of these combos, they are very much winning combos. Well, I, I really felt, uh, I went after Woody, he drove for this long time, and he, he cops a lot of flack, which I think is unjust at this point in his career. He's really fast about it. He was he was a top five co-driver last year, and, and so we targeted him and went after him pretty quickly, and um, he always had a great relationship with our place, and was was pretty keen to come back. So that was a, that was a box ticked pretty quickly. Um, Dean, uh, um, when I found out Dean was available, um, you know he's about the right size, and and he's one of those guys who's been around for a long time, but gets in the car and is really doing a good job. So ticked that box with Todd, um, with Chris. You know, obviously he was in the main game last year. And, um, you know, he and Macca, he's been with us as well through through Super 2. So, you know, that was that was a good fit. And, of course, Ash is almost part of the furniture at home. You know, he's yeah. done an amazing job from us from time to time. Um, certainly Bathurst, um, he is very strong. So I just felt that, you know, we have a nice nice balance of experience and... and um, um, which is probably more what I was going for in the co-drivers this year. It's it's just a sprint race right from the start, and so you need someone that you can bring the car to either start the race or get that you know carry. You look look at how Slade struggled this year, and he's only been out of it for six months. So you really got to get the guy in. He's got to be on point, do as many laps as you can, and and get the balance done and get your driver in, and then you know go home flat out for the last sixty laps. Hey Brad, I. I, I'm sort of hearing there's a couple of drivers up and down pit lane. The jungle drums are starting to beat towards 2022 and their seats and availabilities. And one driver that's just crossed my radar a couple of times about maybe not being locked into a drive for next year and potentially being uh, on the market is Todd Hazelwood. Um, do you see his future at your team? Because, one of the and conspiracy theories come around from all types and all corners, but one of the things I'm hearing is that uh, Chris Pither, who is connected to the Coca-Cola money that Macaulay has this year, that if Todd does vacate the team next year, it could be a two-car Coca-Cola team with Chris Pither and Macaulay Jones at the expense of Todd Hazelwood. Yeah, look, you know, uh, we put two years into Todd and, and um, uh, you know, his deal is up at the end of the year, um, as is, you know, pretty much every everyone in the team, really, to be honest. Uh, I don't know that Mac has got anywhere to go. He suffers from the same disease that Stevie had. But yeah. so stuck I, well, overeating doesn't look like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, maybe a slightly different disease, but, you know, it's a family connection. <laughs> so actually, it's probably the opposite disease, right? Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so he's. Um, um, but I, I feel like Todd, you know, pole position last year, results are a bit up and down. Um, but as I said, we've we've they were all out at the end of the year. So I put two years into it. I would hate to think that I wasted that, but we'll just wait and see. You know, it's something that I start to look at probably around July, August. Um, so we've got a bit more racing to do before we get to any of that sort of stuff. 
very diplomatic answer there. I could see someone didn't want to. I, I didn't want. I, I could see. It's just, I could almost see the wheels turning in Brad's head, going, "I don't want this to end up on Speed Cafe." So, uh, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. nice, nice flat bat there. You dogged the ball at me, yeah. and it's like dunk. Oh, daddy, speed. Yeah. That was a little high, wasn't it? It was right above the shoulders. Yeah, that yeah. Blocked it. Blocked it dead straight oh, at the here feet. Here it goes. <laughs> no, but uh, but Brad, uh, you've given us a, a good chug of your time, mate, and uh, we thank you for joining us on the drive. Uh, hopefully all four cars are up the front uh, at Winton this weekend. And uh, thanks for joining us once again on the driver's seat. Oh, thanks, guys. It's always great. I've had a great time. Thanks very much. <laughs> thanks, Brad. Good luck, mate. Brad Jones uh, joining us here on the driver's seat. Jeez, Maddie, that's a hell of a grenade you lobbed, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> Maddie. Well, you know, I mean, hey, I'm embarrassed. No, we're I'm not. not. <laughs> no, you're not. We're, we're not here just to make up the numbers and have a yeah, gag. Ask the hard-hitting questions. Yeah, occasionally you've got to ask questions. And I'm hearing Jack LeBrock. I'm hearing Todd Hazelwood. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in Super 2 who are coming through. And when you've got a driver say, not Super 2-wise. Hey, I'm hearing Jamie Winkup's out at the end of the year. Oh, you well, apparently Oh, jeez, so. what yeah. good mail there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie scoop on the uh, on the typewriter. Um, when you've got someone like Chris Pither, who's a former Super 2 champion and comes with potentially a boatload of money, uh, that's a threat to a bunch of guys who aren't performing right now. And, and I don't think Todd necessarily has had a great year nor a, a great last year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But the Jungle Drums, they are a beaten... There you go. Hopefully, uh, Todd Hazelwood isn't listening to this and uh, <laughs> making any big purchases. He would know. He would know, Nimsy. He would know. Uh, but uh, uh, Brad Jones there was our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. You're listening to the driver's seat. If you want to be part of the show, get your texts in. 0433 is the number. But as always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, it's at that time of the year. We're almost a, just under a month away from the Fink Desert race. And uh, I'll tell you what, boys, obviously it's been said a lot about what happened in 2020. It was a, a hell of a year. It just crippled motorsport worldwide. But uh, you got to say, and you know, Rusty's uh, our good mate, Greg, Greg Rust, has uh, spoken very highly about the Fink Desert Race. And last year, it was a real shame that it didn't go ahead, wasn't it? Well, it's part of our, I, I guess, motorsport culture now is the Fink Desert Rally. I mean, it's it's the closest thing I suppose we have to the Dakar Rally. Of course, we know the the uh, amazing victories that our, our mate Toby Price has had in that particular event. And, and um, the people that do the Fink are some of the best drivers that we have in this country and riders. Uh, it's it's in some ways under, or it's not known enough through the general media. And those who compete in it should be held aloft because they are unbelievably skilled and incredibly brave. I think they're, they also sometimes need to have someone sit them down and go, are you sure you really want to do this? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ain't no amount of money in the world, Nimsy, that if someone came along to me and said, hey, Matty, do you want to sit in the passenger side of Toby Price's trophy truck going through the fence? Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Would you? Oh, yeah. And there's a difference between you and me. And your wife would probably let you too. Well, Mine wouldn't. Yeah, well, she does. <laughs> she gets five bucks if I die. So it's well, well, there is someone uh, last that spent last year on the sidelines but has been an absolute regular for about uh, 12 or so attempts at the Fink Desert race. He is the reigning king of the desert. He is re uh, he's 
Well, he's meant that he's sort of got to the top of the mountain and then unfortunately had to stay at the top of the mountain for a, a year <laughs> on the on the edge. But he's back. Please welcome back to the driver's seat the one and only David Walsh. Yeah, hi guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hey, mate, uh, the last time we spoke to you, as you said, was in 2019. You'd been a runner-up in 2018, 2014, and 2012. Finished third in 2016. Uh, Then you spoke to us, and you won in 2019. So I think it's a really good thing for your career that you're talking to us again tonight. (laughs) Well, that's bloody home, (laughs) so. So tell me, uh, you know... That's right, mate. So you've spent, obviously, last year on the sidelines. Having that year off and putting everything on pause because of COVID, how do you keep yourself race fit during that year? Like, we've seen a lot of the, the supercar boys and the F1 stars. They can jump into a sim. But what is someone who does what you do? How do you keep sharp? And, and, and I mean, oh. you know, how do you, do you jump on a bike and just herb off for 300 k's? Like, what do you do? No, look, you probably don't want to know the truth. I actually enjoyed a year away and got fat sitting on the couch really <laughs> oh i know the i know the film that's my whole life <laughs> it's been stevie jay's no, been look, doing I, that for I, about eight years <laughs> um now i sort of just use the time to take a bit of a break away from it to be honest and um uh, i don't know recharge a little bit and i uh, come back this year keener than ever just to yeah, go again let the bones heal let let everything heal up yeah. and and feel back back normal again i think that's probably <laughs> that's probably it. good for especially a bike rider yeah, no, well, we don't have the safety of the cage like the Cowboys. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're weak. Us blokes, us guys are weak. <laughs> hey, mate, just want to want to know, um, obviously, being an Alice Springs local, how did the cancellation of last year's event, you know, go there? Was it devastating for the whole region? And, and obviously, how excited is, is everyone in the centre there just for the, obviously, the race to start this year, obviously, two years down the track? Yeah, look, the whole town was completely devastated. It's like Christmas um, for everyone here in Alice. It's a great weekend. And, um, yeah, you know, everyone loves going camping and watching what unfolds over the weekend. And, and this year, is, uh, it's been pretty cool to see. I mean, it's been a lot of people travelling here, uh, pre-running and things like that. And uh, the town's still, at the minute, booming with, uh, you know, bikes on utes and things like that. So it's uh, definitely lining up to be a very big year, which... Um, yeah, it could be very good. Um, you, you in 2019, after 2019, when you won, you were pretty adamant that you weren't going to get back on the bike again. <laughs> you weren't going to race the following year. You weren't going to defend the yeah. crown. You were going to retire, get on the couch and get fat like Stevie J and I. Um, you know, obviously you're taking part again this year. Uh, you'll be in action next month. So what made you get off the couch? What made you get your head back in the ring? No, well, you know, I wasn't wrong. I didn't race last year, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ching, know, that, I just, um, it took so long to get the number one plate. I sort of, I suppose, had a bit more time to think about it, and I, I figured later on in life I'd probably kick myself if I didn't uh, drag myself off the couch, you know, and try and defend it, and at least have one more crack, and at least run the yeah the number one plate that took so many years and so many broken bones to get. Mate, having a year off with everything on pause because of obviously the obvious, I think we, you know, we we didn't well we didn't happen to see Toby's name on the entry list for no how long for well, well I, it wasn't on for for well it certainly wasn't on last year but it's not on this year either is it yeah, no not, is not that good bikes, for you no, yeah you know I mean is that are, are you would you prefer that or would you prefer to you know obviously have him there and and 
you know, obviously compete against him. No, I definitely wish he was um, definitely competing on a bike. You know, he's been uh, he's been the top for so long, and he still is around the world. You know, everyone in the world still trying to beat the bloke. So um, I definitely wanted to have him here just to yeah, try get one back on him <laughs> over the years. <laughs> um, but you know, he's a, he's a legend bloke. He's a great competitor, and yeah. For me, I wish he was sort of lining up on the bike as well as the car. Because his car looks, it looks, looks it's, it looks hot, doesn't it? For a Mitsubishi, like I know he's not going to be good. on the bikes, but and, and as I said, it's not something that I'm well across. I think the, the general media should be, but I know a hot looking car when I see one. And Toby Price's trophy truck looks pretty hot. Oh, there isn't a bloke in the country that isn't jealous of that car, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or Toby, yeah, actually, or Toby. I'd imagine. I reckon yeah. a lot of motorheads would be jealous of Toby. You reckon he? You reckon he races in those Blunston boots? Uh, no, you don't <laughs> reckon he sleeps. In it. <laughs> I reckon he sleeps. I reckon you're right, David. Hey, David, what are you th- speaking about that, David? Obviously, um, you know, there's obviously the bikes and the cars, totally separate classes. It obviously having the the bikes, I wouldn't imagine would change the tracks as as much, obviously, as it was a car does. So. When you, you go to do the, obviously, the second leg, do you see a massive difference in, you know, obviously after the cars have been through? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the track completely changes. Um, you know, the bikes, we sort of make the bumps, but the cars just make them three times bigger. And then, um, so day one, it's, yeah, the track is completely blown apart and completely different um, to anything you've seen all year, sort of pre-running it. Um, but, you know, that's what I sort of like about it because it sort of puts everyone on the same um, sort of level field. You know, you don't know what you're going to be coming up on, so you've got to judge it accordingly on the day because, yeah, it has changed so much to when you did last season for the track. Well, David, yeah, now obviously we did touch on how uh, Toby won't be there, but, mate, you're the one now with the number one plate on, on the front of the bike. So, And I've looked at that entry list. There is a lot of uh, hungry drivers and riders there that are coming to get you. Is there anyone that you, that you see as the biggest threat? Uh, because we're seeing people come from all over the country. Uh, it seems like last year just made people more and more hungry and now you're the one with they the did target. make them more and more hungry <laughs> yeah, well. that's why we both got fat <laughs> but, uh, but you know what i mean like now you're the bloke with the target on your back uh do you see that like a case of oh yeah well if you want me come get me or is it just is it is it something that's like oh crap uh maybe i should have stayed on the couch <laughs> no nah, look uh, i'm looking forward to sort of the challenge this year i mean um, in you know 2019, it was, a, it was a good year for me. Uh, but every year is different with this event, so I've just sort of been trying to put in as much prep as I can to to be as prepared as I can. Because there's definitely some guys coming that are going to be very fast. Um, you know, including my teammate Callum Norton. He's been I've been riding with him a bit, and he's looking very good. Um, and then there's also uh, Luke Hayes, local guy, who's been putting in big effort this year and yeah he's looking really fast out on the track so uh, i'm sure there's probably you know 10 other guys you could name it's gonna and because of the track this year they've actually done a lot of grading so it's going to be a very fast track which i think is going to um bring the competition a lot closer because there's not going to be the the bigger bumps and the things to separate as many people so yeah if you can hold it on in a straight line for the longest you've probably got the win this year
Well, thankfully for, for you, you've still got a bit of time before June 11th to jump on the treadmill and maybe lose that, uh, <laughs> lose the uh, the little spare tire from uh, 2021 of the COVID weight. But uh, hey, Dave, we thank you for taking a bit of time to jump on board the driver's seat with us, mate. Uh, good luck and hopefully we can add uh, another title to that list. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, thanks for having me. And yeah, hopefully you guys are my good luck charm. See how we go. <laughs> Fingers crossed there. But uh, yeah, the Tats Fink Desert Race, June 11th to 14th in Alice Springs should be a lot of fun. And uh, it's always good. The best part of that for me, guys, is seeing Rusty up there looking like he's just out of Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way from New Zealand, the old Fink Desert Race, isn't it? Long way from sheep too out there, isn't it? <laughs> Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what else. I don't know what is out there. Um, Cattle? Yes. Red Roos. dirt. A lot of red, red dirt. dirt. There's Lots a lot of red dust. dirt. A lot of sand. <laughs> a couple of beers. Bull dust, maybe. Yeah, well, I'll be all the, the, oh, in the That'll be all in the dust. pits. There's a lot, of, be a lot of bull dust lot of, in the pits. There's a lot of bull dust at your house. I was, just, <laughs> I was just about to say, there is a lot of bull dust <laughs> in the Queensland <laughs> studio right now. Yeah, exactly. You. And you don't have to head up to the uh, the centre of Australia to find it. But, uh, hey, are you listening to the driver's seat? Plenty to get through on the show. We've got to get to some text as well. 0433 We've got our Bendix Breaks big moment. That is coming up next. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Before we get to our Bendix Breaks a big moment, a quick one off the text. This one's from Brent. Brad Jones is a ripping bloke. Was lucky enough to spend my first day as a Honda employee as a 17-year-old with him in the new NSX in about 1996 at Calder Park. Seriously top uh, seriously top bloke. That's from Brent on the road. Thanks for chiming in, what Brent. A, what a great That's first cool. day. NSX at Calder with, with the great man Bradley Jones. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it was an NSX. I think it was an Audi back in the time. But I was just going to say, lucky you weren't. An, an Audi, yeah, yeah. Lucky you weren't an Audi mechanic, and you went for a ride with Brad Jones up at Hamilton Island on the runway when he nearly put the thing into the into the ocean. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a little bit too late on the brakes. Ended up on the rocks. <laughs> well, the oh, really? Yeah, like it was literally almost into the, into the yeah, see ya. into the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, <laughs> Coral Sea. Yeah, the Coral Sea. Oh, jeez. Uh, thanks for texting in. If you want to text in too. 0433981116 is the number. Right now, though, it is time for our Bendix Breaks Big Moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Breaks Big Moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Breaks. Yeah, the Indy 500, it is on this Monday. That is our Bendix Breaks Big Moment. You can put your foot down with confidence, Bendix Breaks. Australian technology for all weather confident braking. The 105th running of the Indy 5,000. Uh, 5,000? 5,000. Wow, that's, that's a, a long long race. race. <laughs> <laughs> it it's a five-day race, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's still, they're still doing quality as we speak. But, uh, <laughs> you know what would be the biggest sell at the track? No dose. <laughs> Yeah, just a lot of Red Bull and Monster branding everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But, um, uh, look, it is this Monday, and uh, the 33-card the field is now finalised. Scott Dixon is the hot favourite. He's on pole. Uh, he's targeting a second triumph in the 500. Got his maiden win in 2008. It was runner-up last year. But uh, the big story is, of course, our very own Scott McLaughlin. Talk about being the lead driver for Team Penske oh. in your rookie year. <laughs> How good. How good is that? Yeah. The fastest Team Penske driver in qualifying uh, for the Indy 500, although they're not starting where they want to start. I think he's, well, if you're not going to start first, you may as well start 17th. Sure. 
pretty good I omen. Think the isn't number it? 17 has been a pretty good omen for Scott McLaughlin the last three or so years. Yep. Uh, so I'm thinking that, um, you know, I've, and, and only recently I just saw a, I showed you this just before, Matthew. Uh, Matthew. A, yeah, Matthew. A, um, uh, a post that Scotty put up mm. regarding, you know, on his social media regarding, uh, actually, no, it wasn't. It was on, uh, it was on a, one of the Fast Deli or something like that, wasn't it? Uh, about just about his confidence, saying that, you know, I've got all the confidence in my ability. If I'm up the front, I'm gonna, I can race for the win. Um, you know, and he's he's backing himself to do it. And I think that's just super. And that Texas result would have done that. Like he knows the second race, well, first race at Texas, second race, second race at Texas. No, first race, first at race. Texas, where he's done the oval thing and gotten on the podium. And you just go that, that from a confidence point of view, that's like someone in AFL coming out. And in their first game, in their first quarter, kicking three goals. Mm. Like, it shows you, and it shows him more importantly, that he's he should be there. Absolutely. He's right to be there. He's not there on a fluke. He's got the talent, and he should do it. And I, I implore anyone who's a motorsport fan, get on the Scott McLaughlin train, whether you're a Ford or a Holden fan from Supercar, get on him. Uh, for the Indy 500 this weekend yep. and get on it for his career because he's doing amazing things. And when you think of his teammates, boys, in Will Power, Simon Pagano, Joseph Newgarden, all champions mm-hmm. who have done multiple Indy 500s between them. Yeah. And Scotty out qualifies a lot of them. It's just unreal, isn't it? In his it? rookie I mean, year, oh, too. In his first time around. It's and, his and, rookie year. And he's the type of guy that is so well grounded that, yes, he's confident and he says he's confident, which is super, but. He knows, as you put it, Matthew, before when you talk about... Have I about... done something wrong? No, not, no. Is there a reason you keep calling me Matthew? Yeah, because you keep calling me fat. Anyway, <laughs> we'll keep going, Matthew. Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, bad. He could well and truly kick three goals mm. in his first quarter uh, in your first AFL game, mm. but in the second quarter you can snap your ACL too. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he understands yes. that there's big consequences at these tracks too. Yeah, yeah. He's done one major race behind, uh, you know, behind cars at Texas, with regard to aero and that sort of thing. But, you know, Indianapolis is a much different place. It's a much flatter track. It's not as banked. Mm. Look at Will Power. Like, I mean, the guy's an Indy 500 winner and only just scraped into the field yeah, just after hitting the wall in his qualifying lap. Mm. And if he didn't stay in the gas, he was out. He was done. Think of Fernando Alonso. Yep. He didn't even qualify exactly. last year. He so, wasn't able to do it. So 17th is just uh, just super. An and, and I think effort. from what I understand... You know, the Chevy Power, uh, they haven't been able to extract as much out of those cars in qualifying trim, but I believe that their race car is much, much better from from little texts that I've had mm. from guys over there and from Scotty. I think their race car is much better. Earlier on in the week, in the month, you saw them, you know, Will Power was second fastest. Scotty Mack was up there P3 in the first session. That's when they're doing their race runs and their race downforce runs. Yeah. Qualifying runs are a totally different kettle of fish with heaps of boost, heaps of power, no wing at all. Um, and it's a bit of a balancing act in the race to be able to do that. So I, I'm more confident that he's going to have a much faster race car than a qualifying car. And if you look at the numbers and the history of the of the Indy 500, there's four people that have won on debut. So that tells me that you can do it. It can absolutely be done. But when, when you look at the names, boys, Graham Hill, just, you know, not a bad steerer, yep. 1966 he won. Uh, Worst helmet design in history. Yes. Juan Pablo Montoya, he, was, he went all right. Particularly in a Formula One car. Yeah. Colombian, yeah, isn't he? Went, he, he Colombian. He is Colombian. Yeah, of course. Be nice. he'd be fast. He'd be fast. <laughs> <laughs> Great sponsors. 
Uh, Helio Castro Neves. Yeah. I mean, yep. multiple time champion, multiple time winner. He won in 2001. Do Alex not, Rossi. Do, do not take any uh, any advice from Helio Scotty, especially on tax, tax uh, Yeah, don't tax, do that. Tax <laughs> evasion. No, no, no. And Alexander Rossi, who, of course, we saw as a wildcard entrant with WAU at the Bathurst, mm-hmm. Bathurst 1000 mm-hmm. uh, last do you the year before? Year before. The year before. Uh, remember, um, he was uh, he was beached, bro. He was beached as bro down at the <laughs> final turn, coming yep. onto the straight. So some serious names there, and uh, and JPM uh, Juan Pablo, he's back. So uh, he's having another go round. And how good was it to see, if only just Simona De Silvestro just snuck in? Yep. She th- that's a team to watch. All staffed by women, mm-hmm. Nimsy. Yep. So uh, good luck to them. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. Pareto Autosport, which is actually affiliated with with, uh, with Penske. Uh, Penske as well. So, yeah, so Monday, big weekend. Monday I, don't, I don't know about you boys, but I've actually taken Monday off to be able to watch this. Really? Yeah. Yep. I've yeah, just okay. done. Well, thankfully, is it Monday? What time? Is it Monday morning? Monday yeah, morning. morning. Thankfully, yeah. uh, thankfully, I'm up at stupid o'clock on a Monday morning, so uh, I'll be looking forward to that one. But, there you uh, go. But cool. if you if you actually want to hear Scotty's thoughts, he chatted to Jared Whiteley today. On uh, on SEN, and you actually get that full podcast on the SEN app. Just head to podcast and go to uh, the motorsport bit at the bottom. But uh, that was our Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence, Bendix Brakes. Uh, we love Bendix Brakes so much. Matty's even got uh, the ultimate plus performance brake pads on your I Mustang. Do. And they go I all do. right. They yeah, go all yes. right, don't they? Yeah, they've been good. My mate uh, Ian Bott sent them through. I had, because I've got a, I think it was a 2017 Mustang I've got. And yes. the former owner, who's a great bloke in Melbourne, um, he took it out onto the track a couple of times at Sandown and and uh, did a couple of runs there. And the OE brakes, the original equipment brakes that came with it, were pretty OEM, OEM uh, pretty torched, torched when I got them. So we put these, uh, we put these uh, ultimate performance, ultimate plus performance brake pads in, and they're mega. Like I reckon I've had them in because you fitted them. I fitted them. I was about absolutely. to say, did you fit them or? That's that's <laughs> the that's the best hourly rate you've ever had in your life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what it cost me about half a dozen donuts or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was Krispy pretty good. Cream. Yeah, that's right. Original glaze. Yeah, absolutely. We love an original glaze. Uh, <laughs> no, so, but no, they're easy to fit. But yeah, you know, right. if you're going to get them, everybody, make sure you take them to a registered mechanic. Absolutely, like I am. And I've had, uh, I reckon, I've had them in there for six months now. And there's, so there's two things with brakes that people like Stevie J and a lot of people look out for. Firstly, is the brake dust. There is nothing worse than putting brake pads in and then every three or four days your wheels are black and they're not with this and i've got big wheels on my thing and and they're absolutely sensational keeps them nice and clean so i would clean my wheels probably every two weeks nimsy mm-hmm. um whereas the ones i previously had i'd have to do probably every three or four days of the wheels are black and then secondly when you have a little spirited run legal of course uh going up through places like mount tambourine on a sunday um no fade Really, really good. So the pads are ripper pads. So if you've if you've got if you need pads or you want pads for your, uh, they come with the whole kit though. We we put rotors and everything on, didn't we? But yeah, we did. Was, yeah, yeah. It was mainly yeah. the pads that we were yeah wanting to sort of push on and and, and understand what what they were like because yeah. mm-hmm. two things do come out of what you were just saying about brake pads. You either get a you get you can put pads in your car that don't put any dust on your wheels, yep. but they don't work. They Absolutely. don't stop. Yep. Or B. You get a black wheel mm. with a pad that works really, really well. Yeah, this with gives the, you both. With these pads, it gives you both, doesn't yeah. it? It yeah, gives it you a really good feel. Yep. Um, and I told you how to bed them in too many, so you, you did. thank me for that. You did. Um, <laughs> and uh, it saves you, you from washing. Your, it really? saves you from washing your car every and, two or three days. And oh. that's that's the thing I love the most. You don't have to you don't have to wash it because we don't we only we don't do spirited runs all the time. But but and so and the Mrs. thing H for me is. 
No, exactly. The thing for me is brake pedal feel. I don't want I don't want it to go spongy, and they're not like that at all. They're beautifully consistent, and you don't get any dust. So good on your Bendix, the ultimate plus performance brake pad. That's why available at your favourite Bendix retailer. That's why we say put your foot down with confidence. Bendix brakes, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. We'll take a quick break here. See what I did there? Hey, hey. look at you go. He's here all week, folks, or at least for the next hour. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with more of the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Right now, let's have a quick look at the Driver's Seat Power Rankings. This is the Driver's Seat Power Rankings. Thanks to Fuchs Lubricants, Australian made with German technology that pays back. The uh, bit of a shake-up with the rankings after Tail and Bend. So heading into Winton, the people, if you're a Ford driver right now, there is a lot of votes up for grabs, don't you reckon? Because let's have a look at the list so oh, far. Totally. SVG sitting on top. Will Davison in P2 with seven votes. On six votes in P3, it's Chaz Mostert and Zane Goddard. Five votes for Anton Di Pasquale. Four votes for Brody Kostecki. Three votes for Timmy Slade, two votes for Mark Winterbottom, and one vote for Jamie Winkup and Andre Heimgartner. What is it about uh, Winton that actually makes it more suitable for uh, Fords? I don't know. And and it throws up a weird... Re- it can always, and we talked about it last week, can throw up weird results, can't it, Steve? Like yeah. you can get an outlier but it hasn't in just clean up for the weekend. Yeah, it hasn't just been the Mustang. It's been, you know, FGX, mm. you know. So it's just... Well, I don't know. Yeah, the Nissan Altima just yeah, yeah. different, you know. I don't. I'm not. I really can't. I can't put my finger on the pulse. Is it Matthew? Stevie J because it's a circuit that has sort of equal parts grip, equal parts aero it, the engine? It's not a massive engine circuit because it doesn't have really huge no. straights. So it's more about the handling of the cars, not necessarily the grunt of the cars. And it's not like in we know at Tail and Bend, it's really dependent on. Aero and you know how the car turning in and all that kind of stuff. Whereas this yep. is this is a weird circuit. It's kind of not dependent on anything really. I think if you look at it, it actually almost suits the teams and the cars. Although T eight have had their troubles there in the past, but I was going to say suits the cars and the teams that are quite quick on street circuits. Yes. Um, but T eight are usually quite good on street circuits, but they've had a bit of an up and down time mm. at Winton the last you know half a dozen visits there. Mm. Um, DJR um, won there, you know, quite a few times pre-DJR Team Penske, you know, with Courtney and so forth. Uh, you know, Chaz was fast there in DJR. Then, obviously, DJR TP has been super there, mm. had quite a few wins. So, um, which is sort of uncharacteristic because you would think that, you know, like as we spoke to Bradley earlier, the, the BJR team, um, Tickford, all those guys, Team 18, they're all Kelly's, based down there. You know. Kelly's are all based down there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it's sort of it's sort of a bit strange. And I, there's no real, um, uh, I guess there's no real system that you can actually understand. There's no form guide for a manufacturer that you can apply. You can apply a form guide to a driver, 
So we know Fabian that. in in BJR Slady had his Slady first win in there in BJR. Absolutely, so. had a dominant weekend there mm. a couple of years back. Yep. So um, it, it's a, it's that's one of the things I actually love about Winton. One of the things I hate about Winton Nimsy is it's so friggin' cold. Oh, like oh, there was yeah. no way I'd be going. Someone I did an interview in Perth the other day, and they said, "Oh, you're heading over to Winton this weekend," and I'm like, "Not in, not in the slightest. Am I going anywhere <laughs> near that joint? Because in the winter it's absolutely frigid." But what I do like is. Uh, it can throw up a, a strange result. Um, uh, good form can be thrown right on its head. Um, you can get an outlier, take a result, and typically, Stephen Jay, there is usually some action there. There's action mm. at turn one. There's action at the long left-hander. I remember a couple of years ago or years and years ago when uh, I think Murphy got into the back of Lowndes and tipped Lowndes off and he got a penalty and Murphy was blowing up Deluxe. There's usually Ambrose accidents. has been off there years Ambrose ago. got bobbed off. in the middle of the track That's there. right. I remember that. Um, so. You know, Cam McConville did that last yep. second last corner pass on yep. Rick Kelly, caught him napping um, to win his first race. Yep. I just saw recently there was a, a golden ollie with um, uh, Russell Engel and John Bauer going toe-to-toe, maybe 96 it would have been. And how about and, Morrison Longhurst? And Morrison Longhurst. In the punch-up of the century that on the side of the circuit. Super. That was brilliant. So it's a good place, and I really hope, Nimsy, that um, uh, this COVID situation, not only for the health of all Victorians, of course, but I hope everyone's able to get on top of that because they deserve a crowd out there. They get a good crowd from the Albury-Wodonga region. We don't mm. travel enough to regional centres in supercar. Typically, it's it's a lot of, of circuits closer to the city. And so it's an important thing for the region. It's an important thing for Benalla, Aubrey, Wodonga, Wangaratta, mm-hmm. all those sorts of areas. And um, typically is very well, has, has a very strong patronage when it's there. They get very good crowds there. It's a good circuit for TV typically because yep. uh, there's some good action. And also as a crowd uh, member, Nemzi, it's a, one of the only few tracks in Australia. I think QR is one. Winton is one where you can actually see the whole circuit from where, where you sit. Yep. If you sit certainly on top of that hill, you can literally watch the whole circuit, which is which is great. So I really hope they get it together. Looking forward to. I've already seen on the socials though that they've the supercars have already canned uh, autograph sessions. They have. Things, so. Yeah, they've they've canned autograph session, which is bad. But also, um, and I and correct me if I'm wrong, Nims. You only saw it briefly during the week. I think Marcus Ambrose is back on the coverage. That's correct yep. for this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. So. Which is fantastic because he he actually sets up our race cars, Stevie J, and we had a really good chat to him down in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying, they haven't called me. No one's called me. I'm happy to come back and do it. I really enjoyed it. We've had really good feedback, but no one's called me. So I'm super stoked that Marcus is back on the coverage because I think he gives he gives a really non-biased view of things. And it's only – he talks about what the fans want to see and he explains it to the fans. Uh, so I really like that. I really like his his uh, contribution to that. So looking forward to a good weekend, and I hope they have crowds. Nimsy, uh, they actually they will have crowds. Um, it was the statement that is uh, in front of me right now. Uh, our advice from the Victorian government regional events team is that the Winton Super Sprint can proceed as normal. The restrictions announced for Melbourne yesterday apply only to public gatherings, which is different to a public event. Once inside the Winton Raceway precinct. Our approved COVID safe plan is in effect. There's QR codes and tracing data available should it be required. So crowds are good to go. Can't yeah, interact well, one I'll, but um I'll believe that when I see what happens tomorrow and see the figures and hear the press conferences because, you know, it can develop very, very quickly. And I know I hear the music running in the background, but I've had 
I've had snippets and I've had people send me sneaky text messages that there were some discussions today uh, in the back rooms that there is potential, I'll say potentially, but they're pretty confident there's going to be a lockdown as of tomorrow. So um, let's wait and see what the numbers are. But uh, if that happens, that might curtail all the good work that the Benalla Auto Club have done and trying to get everyone to the uh, to the circuit. But I'm hearing there may be a lockdown. But who knows? Could be wrong. Something nice and triggering for our Melbourne audience there from the bloke in I'm Queensland. I'm sure you're loving that. But yeah, anyway, yeah. we'll uh, take a quick break and be back with more. That was the uh, power rankings here on The Driver's Seat. Thanks to Fuchs Lubricants, proudly Australian-made lubricants. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and are building Australia. Right now, it is time for our Race Rewind. This is The Driver's Seat Race Rewind. We do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Choose Gates Premium Belts, Hose and Hydraulics. We can have a look-see at the last time um, supercars went to Winton in 2019. And specifically, this moment. McLaughlin's made a ripping start. He could be second by the time they get to turn five, but he's on the outside. Whoa, contact between the teammates. They are both off the road. What a moment. What a moment. This is massive in this year's championship. Massive. Scott tried to get across the front of Fabian. Fabian tried to not make contact. And they bumped both cars off the road. This is big time. So in case you didn't uh, get that from Scafi, massive. <laughs> yeah, I love the massive and I love probably going, whoa. <laughs> this has got championship implications. But yeah, it was a... An odd one, wasn't it, uh, that Saturday at the race? Because I yeah. believe, I believe too. Uh, and you know, here's the thing. Like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, going by the driver's briefing notes and whatnot, Scotty didn't actually do anything illegal there. This was all above board. Well, they, they were told that they did have to, if they did go off through turn five at the sweeper, they did have to try to rejoin mm. by turn, I think it was seven or eight, I think it was. I think, I think where he rejoined was nine. But his argument was that he was that far off and he, by the time he'd pulled it up, he was nearly at the middle corner where they call the boobs. So, because it looks like boobs. Mm-hmm. Or the cleavage. Or the cleavage. Or another word that we won't In use. the cleavage, yeah. And um, so for him to do a, a U-turn and head over to turn six, seven area, he would be basically driving sort of almost head on towards the oncoming traffic and it wasn't safe. So that was their argument and... Obviously, the supercar guys there, Beardo and, and the like, ruled it in their favour, and it was press on from there. So, um, and then I think Fabian kind of blew up a little bit because he joined in a in an area that he thought was the right place, and actually went back to fifteenth. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, Scotty got it, stayed in the lead, and <laughs> Fabian went to back to. No, 15. he didn't stay in the lead. Scotty, no, he, Scotty, he, no, he actually came back on, and he was in the lead because yeah. he didn't and do those two corners. Redressed. And then he literally pulled aside and let mm. the cars yeah. by that were in front of him. Which but Fabs, what, that's all you can do at that point. Of course, point. but Fabs rolled in at fifteenth, and it's one of those yeah. really awkward moments, isn't it, Steve? Where you kind of don't want to throw your teammate under the bus for doing something like that, but you kind of do. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's a hard one. Because you got to remember that a lot of the radio transmissions, Nimsy, get monitored by race control and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of the stuff you hear in supercar and a lot of stuff you hear in Formula One yeah. is not for the benefit for the, the teams. It's for the benefit of race control. They want to, they and want the and the fans and all that sort of stuff. But they want 
They want to throw their teammate under the bus without throwing their teammate under well, the bus. Yeah, they want to send a signal to smack him. Let's just say that, yeah, there was mm, conflicting accounts on both <laughs> yes. from car 17 and car number 12. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it was, a, it was an awkward moment, and the boys, the comms boys were right. It, it did have championship potential implications, and, and when Neil did, oh, all that kind of stuff, it was a pretty big moment because there is a golden rule in NIMSY. Don't, Don't touch your teammate. Don't hit your teammate. Is that 2019? Don't hit your teammate. Yeah, Don't hit your teammate. And when you do, you know what? He could. He in the end, he he probably could have still DNF that race with the amount of races he won that year and still won it by a country mile because he won it. You got to remember, he won it at um, Tail and Bend. Yeah. That year, so I don't think it really had championship implications. I think you take that win off him, and he still would have won still by a truckload. But we like the drama when yep. that sort of stuff happens. Like, there's nothing better as a fan, Nimsy. There's nothing better when two teammates give each other a clip because you just think, oh man, that down that debrief in the back of the truck. Did you ever hit your? Oh, you hit you backed into uh, yeah, into backed, Jamie into yeah, James, didn't you? James, cool. yeah, James I backed Gordon. into him. Yeah, Sounds under like... brakes, so I just slowed it up and then just reversed <laughs> into him, and, and then he hit me off the track. <laughs> How was that debrief? Sorry, James. How was that debrief? Yeah, it went pretty good. Yeah, I think I had him about three foot off the ground with my hands around his throat. Diplomatic. It's not hard because he weighs about 15 kilos. Yeah, exactly. So, And he didn't have a shirt on at the time, which was good. And he didn't have a shirt on at the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. four, all four girlfriends hanging off his arm. So. <laughs> and they're not anyway. girlfriends, they're mistresses, I think. But uh, anyway. <laughs> not anymore, they're not. <laughs> Maybe then, not anymore. Is that, is that the music? Anyway. Oh, yes. Uh, hello. Um, <laughs> that was our I opinion. tell you who would want to do well this weekend, Nimsy. I was thinking about it before when we were talking about Winton. FBR would want to do, or Tickford would want to do well this weekend. Jack LeBrock would want to do good, and hopefully the Super Utes, which have bolstered their uh, field a little bit, hopefully they'll have a good round too. Speaking of Winton, this was also the spot where uh, Cameron Waters sealed his uh, 2015 Super 2 crown as well. Two so, crown, absolutely. Oh, yeah, right good. In the old NZ Falcon. In the NZ. In the NZ. <laughs> But uh, fantastic. That was our that was our race Excellent. rewind. Uh, we do it thanks to Gates Australia. Protect your ride with a complete system replacement with Gates belts and hoses. Visit gatesaustralia.com.au. You're listening to the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app, available in the App Store right now. It's the best place to listen to us wherever you are around the country and text in 0433981116, which is what little Mac in Toowoomba has done. Been a while since his last text. Hey, little Mac. So uh, he's going to put down. Scotty Mac's doing incredible things in Indy. Got him thinking, what would an all-star supercars field look like? Dick? Oh. Brock, J-Dub, what should they be driving? Group C, Group A, sports sedans. What do you reckon, boys? That's uh, plenty of meat on that bone. Group A. Group A. We could talk a lot about this. Yeah, I mean, Little Mac, love your input, and and we'll we'll come up with a quick 15 each, but um, you could do 50. Let's be real. You could do 50. But right on, Stevie J, give us your... Give us your top 15. Man, I've just quickly Not for any reason, just in, give us names. In the ad break, I've just jotted down. Okay, so obviously I've got to say the old man, otherwise I'm dead. <laughs> uh, so DJ, uh, Moffat, Leo Gagan, Bob Jane, Robbie Francovic, Scotty Mack, Peter Brock, Jamie Winkart, Mark Scaife, Larry Perkins, Kevin Bartlett, John Bauer, Frank Garner, Larry Perkins. Oh, I've said him twice, actually. Yeah. I'll take him out. Um, Jimmy Richards, oh. uh, Glenn Seaton, and oh. an notable mention for Freddie Gibson. 
Is that 15? That's, that's yeah. more than 15. Well, no, that was 15 plus the extra of Freddie Gibson right. was a notable mention. Okay. Well, I, again, I'll just quickly. do very quickly. Dick Johnson, Peter Brock, Jamie Wincup, Bob Jane, Mark Scaife, Ambrose, Stevie J. Of course. Yeah, you make legend, it. Mate. Double I'm Johnson. A... Uh, Paul Radisich, John Bow, uh, Leo Gagan, Paul Morris, just for a bit of fun because you've yep. got to have someone in there <laughs> doing that. Uh, Lounsey, Murphy, Seaton, special mention, Renee Gracie. <laughs> 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 Love your work, Renee. Then and now. For Ren, good work. <laughs> anyway. As the radio the, waves go silent. On, uh, on that note, we might... Uh, Be good on your little Mac. We might balloon to the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might oh, do that. Nimsy's laughing too hard. We might do that indeed. Uh, hey, just quickly, Nimsy. Also, uh, someone texted in before. Uh, Michael, uh, with COVID, guys, with the season... Be put on hold or will they keep progressing with it? Uh, Michael, look, if history is anything to go by, thanks for texting in, by the way. If anything, if history is anything to go by, during COVID last year, we were able to put a championship together, Stevie J. So you would have to imagine that they possibly would, yeah. Michael. It took a lot last year. A lot of teams were on the road for like three months away from their families. No crowds, no autograph sessions, all that kind of stuff. But yes, I would imagine that they probably would. It's already started, so they probably would. And Stevie J also... Um, will you be making an appearance at the Melbourne Dim Sim Festival later in June? <laughs> Thought it might be right up your alley. Oh, from Dim, Dim one of Sim Festival. That Sim. sounds super. Oh, yeah, how good. Oh, a Dimmy Festival. What was it, Nimsy? It's a, it is a true, because we just Googled yeah, it. It's, it's, a, it's Dim a, Sim Dim, and... Dim Sim and Dumpling uh, And festival. Dumpling. Oh, oh my yes. God. Oh, you want Dumpling? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so... Oh, I love that. <laughs> Hey, is there anything better than oh, a South Melbourne you know who we did, who You know who we did who? forget in the top 15? Who? Just a text, I don't know who it was, but thank you. David Thexton. <laughs> David Thexton. How you, can David? you forget about big old Dave? Or well, he's mobile, actually not big, he's little. But... The mobile speed hump. Yeah. Hmm. Mobile speed hump. Well, there you go. Hey, text in 0433981116 if you want to be part of the show. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Quickly get to some of your texts here on The Driver's Seat, 0433981116. One from Tommy in Toowoomba. Tommy! There we go. Uh, <laughs> if uh, Melbourne goes into lockdown, the team's based in Melbourne. will have to stay away from home as the NT government, I think, would limit entry. Hmm, possibly. Let's, yeah, all, let's, possibly. All, let's all cross that bridge. As a man that's living yeah. in Melbourne at the moment and with a town that's relatively on a knife edge at the moment, let's yeah, all uh, yeah, yeah. stop at the lockdown talk for the time being. But uh, let's get straight to yeah. the podium. Driver's seat. The podium. We're going to go through three talking uh, points we might have glossed over. Now, we did touch on this last week for P1, but James Moffat will be paying tribute to his legendary dad when he joins the Trans Am series at Morgan Park next month uh, in that red Ford Mustang with the number nine on the door. Looks bloody good. <sighs> yeah, bloody hell. Another legend. <laughs> Another son of a legend coming into my category. Does that mean that you're um, going to be another spot further back? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Mate, when you're looking at my category right now, Aaron Seaton, Ben, son of Alan Grice, uh, Nash, son of Paul Morris, and now possibly even a Jet one day, uh, son third, of John Son. Third, third generation. Uh, third generation. And then uh, one James Moffat, the crazy frog. 
Uh, he's ring, 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 ring. James is coming. Oh, he's gone. He's oh. gone. Stop. James Moffat coming in. Sensational for the category. I'm sure he'll do very, very well. And, yes, I'll probably so, end up one one spot back. Unless, of course, James does what James normally does, which is plough on through the field, knock out half everybody out, and maybe I'll go up one. <laughs> you might go up several. I know. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But so does that mean, because he's obviously within the TCR ranks at GRM as well, yep. will he be doing double duties yep. that weekend? Yes, he will. Yeah, okay, that's so going to make him a busy boy. front-wheel drive. I mean, Nathan Hearn currently goes from um, – the S5, Trans Am car to the S5000 yeah. and vice versa. So I'd imagine that James would be talented enough to go from a Trans Am yeah. car to a TCR car. Okay. So, but, yeah, welcome. Welcome, James Moffat. Welcome to arguably the best category in Australia. Okay, move on. Just remember, move on. Ja- remember James, uh, brake and uh, throttle and all your pedals, separate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need the, to remember that. And yeah. the shifter is not behind your steering wheel. Correct. <laughs> um, in P2, let's have a quick look at the Monaco Grand Prix. Max Verstappen took the lead in the championship for the first time ever in mm. his career. Oh, oh, Verstappen no, on the inside of Vettel. They no, have touched. No. That was inevitable. No, hit the wall. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's been a while since we've heard that out of Max, hasn't it? Well, he probably would have hit the wall at Monaco over the weekend at some stage because I think everybody does flick and touch the wall there. Particularly Charlotte Leclerc after yeah. grabbing pole. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that. And I really think you know, that was one of my points that I've written down here, mm. uh, which I was, you know, very, I wouldn't, uh, very disappointed at. You know, one of them was obviously Danny Rick. We'll get to that in a second. But Charlotte Leclerc. Awesome job. Those Ferraris yep. were fast. Him and yep. Carlos Sainz were yep. just super. Well, Carlos made the podium. Carlos made the podium. Me too. Um, very, you know, you got to feel for Charles. Yes, he made that little mistake in quali, and that was pretty much the end of his race because they didn't change his gearbox. Mm. I know their their PR push was we're not going to sacrifice um, reliability for the race, mm. but they didn't change the gearbox. And but they said it wasn't a gearbox. Yeah, they said it was a drive seriously? shaft or, or something. It's got to be. On. It would have been something. You I mean, don't have a hit like that and it not be part of the accident. I really exactly. felt sorry for Charles because it's he's a monogast. He's from yeah. Monaco. Had all these friends and family up in the units, and, and, and he was he on just, pole. Like. And he didn't get it. And it's been a long time since Ferrari's been on pole. But uh, I tell you, who's having an absolute Barry Crocker, Nims and Stevie J, our boy Dan Ricardo, yeah, Danny Rick, got lapped. Wow! By his teammate, and that was out of pace. No good. Got the Royal Wave too, didn't he? Mate, yeah, he did. He's got some work to do. Mm. Like, where? what are we, four races in? Isn't it weird? Like, he just, he was had, and and I pumped him up last week saying, Mm. I think Danny's going to go well here because he is a specialist around Monaco. Mm. Um, Didn't have the feel, didn't have the confidence in the car. Uh, But but look at the race before. He was uh, good. In Italy, he was, he smashed Lando. He finished well up there. So it's very strange what's going on with him. And I do think he's got to... um, adapt more to the car than yes. then the then him change the car to suit him. Absolutely. It's got a really small operating window and when he's in the window he'll drive the wheels off that thing which is what we saw the week prior. Yep. But at Monaco couldn't get it in the window and couldn't change his driving style to adapt to that car. So yep. uh, I think short term for Danny his time will be a simulator. Yeah, and I mm. think in a big know, way. What I do want to thank though is I really want to thank the safety car massively for staying in pit lane, even though it made such a boring race. Mm. After Charles going out and Max Verstappen's odds were just useless, you may as well not have even bet on him. Mm. Um, I didn't know what to do. 
you know, I like having a little $5 here and $10 there on things. <laughs> uh, bet responsibly, everybody. But um, it's, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do, you know, so I did. What did you do? I put $20 on the safety car not coming out on the track because it usually does come out. Yeah, of course. Like I put $20 chance. on and it was at $6.60 to 1. And I'm like, oh, thank you very much. And I'll you take it. that and yeah. I want it. Good, look at you go. Yeah. How good was Lando, though, picking up third, too? Awesome. Ripper. Awesome. Ripper for the and, boy. Uh, and the highlight for me for that weekend was that McLaren livery and their race suits. Sensation. And the Unbelievably cool. Re- leave it. The the Gulf Oil sponsorship. and Just leave them like that for the rest of the year. Leave them like that. Sensational. It should be like Ferrari. Sorry, we have got a third Sorry. podium yes, place. Uh, we've got to talk about we'll, Matthew we'll, Nimsey. Away you go. We'll quickly get into that one. Just to wrap up, Rally <laughs> Queensland was this weekend as well. Uh, Harry Bates and John McCarthy have made it two consecutive victories after they dominated the 2021 Accent Bench Shops Rally Queensland. Molly Taylor, unfortunately, her return to the ARC ended prematurely with a damaged radiator. And uh, the ARC is back in action in July, Rally Tasmania in Launceston on the 2nd and the 3rd of July. But that wraps up the podium. We're going to wrap up the driver's seat pretty shortly. If you want to get uh, if you want to get your voice heard quickly before we pull the pin on it, 0433981116 is the number. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. A couple of minutes left here in the driver's seat. Uh, thanks to Nikki, who's texted in. Another great show, guys. Thanks for the awesome interviews and guests. Always love a good laugh. Thanks for having a show for all the fans. Thank you good for being you, a part Nikki. of it, Nikki. You're hard and you're legend. Cheers for that. Uh, but uh, quickly, just before we do a wrap-up, we didn't get to talk about this. Uh, since I was away. But uh, the V8 Super Utes Round 2 is this weekend. Uh, now, Matty, you were part of the inaugural season uh, in the much-criticised diesel era. But uh, what did you think when you saw uh, the new and improved Super Utes? Because I thought they were a bit of fun. Oh, look, yes, I was part of the original diesel Ute thing. But before, long before that, I was part of the V8 Ute crew, the Ford versus Holden brute thing, Ute. the Brute Utes. So... Look, not going to lie, I thought it was great. I thought, I think having the sound of them back, um, having the flame, like it was great to see flames pouring out of the things because they had massive overrun flames, which was great. Uh, situation normal, Royal Harris won again. Yep. Like he wins everything when it hasn't, when it's got a Ute trail on it, just give it to Royal Harris, he'll drive the wheels off it. Um, they've still got some work to do, I think, um, particularly from the handling point of view. Mm. I spoke to Cricky, spoke to Donta, spoke to a few of the boys, and, and they're a handful. The, um, they're the, a dead set handful. So they look like they're really very jumpy in the back end. They're not. Yeah. They're very wrong shock. Yeah. Like so they, that's been that's been changed for this weekend. Okay. Uh, they've got three more entries, I think, Nimsy for that's this correct. weekend. That is. Um. So that's good. No, that's growing. Blow that it's out. good. Mm. Yeah. 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 So I think you know once you start getting 13, 14, 15, 16, and then hopefully on from there. But the biggest thing for me, Stevie J, is. Um, you know, during the development and then the rollout of the first two years of the diesel Ute, you could not run a race without the specials coming off the couch and absolutely smacking them on socials every single time. What I noticed this time, Nimsy, on the socials, nowhere near as much criticism, quite a bit of positivity, mm. um, and uh, the 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 specials literally didn't even send through a text. They just stayed quiet or sent through uh, correspondence on, on, on correspondence on Facebook and that sort of stuff. So, mm. I, look, I really hope that it continues on. I hope that the the handling deficits they had at Taylor Ben Stevie J are gone, and and hopefully yeah. we'll have a we'll have a better round at Winton because it's got great potential. You know, the the positive obviously about the Utes going to Winton this weekend. 
What's that? What? Is that there's only there's only one track that they can use. Yes, oh, true. yes. Not, you're not going to yes. have some of the guys at the back having a spin and then accidentally yes. going on the long circuit when they shouldn't be on the I long felt, circuit. So we're referring to um, <laughs> the Formosa <G2>. Senior <laughs> and uh, Nimsy. He went. He, he got spun around and, of course, there's different tracks. And he just – it was his first race ever. It's his first race ever. So I'm trying to be empathetic. Mate, he, he got didn't good know, TV. He didn't know where he was going. And he took off down through the GT track, Nimsy, during the race. <laughs> yeah. So that was. <laughs> and, the, and the commentators didn't know what to say. And you yeah, look. Yeah, Matt Nolte and GT. And the and the uh, the camera was on him. And Michael he's, Formosa. He's behind barriers. He's. <laughs> Doing U-turns. He's in the Hungry so Jack's car was, park. Yeah. Was so he, was, he was in the Allgate Ranger, and that was not a great look for Markov. So let's hope that they have a better week in this week. I race against his son in the uh, uh, in the Trans Am series as well. He's got the really cool Scooby-Doo, Chev, uh, Scooby-Doo Challenger. Challenger. So, but good, good luck to the V8 Utes this weekend. Is it Scooby-Doo or is it um, Yeah, it's a mystery machine. Hazard. Used to be the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So now the, he's... Super Ute is Dukes of Hazard. His Trans Am car is the Mystery Machine. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Well, good luck, boys and girls. It is nice. There is a girl. It is nice. That, that is true. Um, yeah. Zach Best's sister, if I recall. That's correct. Off the top okay. of my head. Uh, That's Al- right. That's Alexandra, right. I think her name is. Yes. But, uh, if yes. I was wrong, I'll apologise next week because we are running out of time here on the driver's seat. A big thank you to Brad Jones, David Walsh, everyone that texted in. Addy, Steve, let's do it again same time next week. Let's do it. We'll Super. run down Winton, see what happens there. We certainly will. You've been listening to the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.